9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the 9to5 Entertainment System, where John is fighting bees, so he's not here. What do we talk about, Scott? We talk about a bunch of wrestling stuff, like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, some WWE stuff, some New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff. Then we switch into Hockey Talk, where we talk about Kerry Price and Yarmar Yager and Pete Chiarelli. We go on to talk about some movies. Super bad, sort of. Then we talk about Power Rangers, the Transformers franchise. And we finish it off with a discussion about Kong Skull Island. I'm excited to hear what we said about all of those things. And you should be too. Yeah! watch that oh the show's out i should watch that documentary yeah everything Fuck. okay so listeners what <laughs> scott is talking Whoa. about uh is <laughs> where, where did you guys come from <laughs> there's a documentary on netflix which you may have heard of called glow and i'm referring the to the gorgeous ladies of wrestling gorgeous ladies of wrestling which and also is now like i guess like the hit summertime netflix hit like yep. i think everybody is watching it like oh i mean uh, My Facebook feed is full of people who don't watch wrestling watching Glow. talking about Glow. Yeah. This is hilarious. So uh, obviously, I mean, I have the uh, I have the wrestling podcast now. We just had our third episode, Pat on the Mat. Um, so I mean, I, I, I was trying to figure like how many people are like, oh Keith, you what did you watch the Netflix wrestling show? And I was like, yes, you know, like I I have. But interestingly, we talked about this in episode three. Pat was not originally going to watch the show why and i was like what and he like he has his reasons he's going to he's like he's like it's been recommended to me now like that it's a good show like that i'm going to watch it and whatever and obviously there's a bunch of the cameos and stuff like the, the cameos in in the the netflix show glow are like every not to say every wrestler but like a, a lot of you know, carlito's in there uh brodus clay is in there alex riley's in there johnny mundo's in there the the trainers all he's not on screen that I saw he might be somewhere in like the background uh, all the girls were trained by Chavo Jr. like there's like they they did their due diligence they did their due diligence uh, Karma slash Awesome Kong is one of the Glow Girls amazing so which is kind of the best but yeah so he's like it's been actually recommended to me but his whole point was he was like. Glow, the show that this uh, Netflix show was based on, he's like, wasn't really a wrestling show. He's like, out of their, like, 40-woman roster or whatever, however many people that, like, wrestled over the course of the four years that it was running, uh, like, three, maybe four of them had any actual wrestling background. Like, the rest of it were choreographed so-so stuff with, like, models or cheerleaders or whatever. He's like, it was garbage wrestling. Like... Mostly. He's like, I'm not saying there were no good glow matches, but he's like, so he's like, I'm going to watch a show about actors pretending to be actors who pretended to be wrestlers. Wait, so he's mad that 80s women's wrestling was a little bit exploitative? No, he wasn't. He wasn't mad. He was just like, he's like, I'm not like, he's like, I would have been way more if it was like the Mae Young story or whatever. He's like, or was it actually about wrestlers? Because he's like, it's just about actors. He's like, it was just, he's like, it wasn't even good wrestling. He's like, there were better women's wrestling going on in the like in the eighties than Glow. Like that time that Snooki was in WrestleMania. Mm. Mm. 
no, but I mean, but it was, but it was an entire. It, it was no, no, no. I mean, but but it was an entire Fed. Uh, why are we so low? It was an entire Fed based around that, right? Like, yeah. which is, I mean, kind somehow of somehow still more progressive than the actual wrestlers. Finger quotation marks. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that yeah. women had in no, the, uh... for sure, for sure. And I mean, and and in like, um, like what do you call it? Uh, Karma uh slash awesome kong i guess however awesome kong i think she she had a bigger career as awesome kong i think than she Karma. was she was she was Carmen in wwe and awesome for a kong. lunch in wwe she yeah. did not last very long yeah exactly that's it versus she was like the women's champ in tna right like yeah yeah, yeah as uh as awesome, awesome kong. kong yeah like she she's like i watched glow she's like i didn't know women could wrestle until glow in the late 80s you know like i just it wasn't a thing that i was like I was that I knew about because so. otherwise it was whoever was getting fed to Mula, right? yeah, like yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. Well, I mean, like when so it ran eighty six to ninety originally. So all right, so before that it was all Mula, yeah, and then I guess Mula and Leilani K versus uh, the Rock and Roll Rock and Wrestling Connection, which was Cindy Lauper, and who was the competitor? Shrug. I don't remember. Oh, this is bothering me. Uh, you could look it up on your phone. But yeah, and I was like, because yeah, it was like before 1990s, like even Alundra Blaze was early 90s. And like any anything that you recognize as women's wrestling. Uh, well, for me, it says WrestleMania matches. WrestleMania 2 and 3. They had some some women some woman matches. Some the Fabulous Moolah and Leilani Kay. Yeah. Who's the, the Hawaiian champion mm-hmm. protege. Yeah. And the hero was, of course, had... Cindy Lauper in her corner, and I'm looking it up right now. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so everybody has been telling me to everybody's been telling me to watch it, but then also like stuff like uh, like TJ, uh, TJ's like watch Glow, and like TJ is not a wrestling fan whatsoever. So it's like yeah, I think they they've kind of cross uh, cross cross the threshold of like it's not just the, like it's getting other people into wrestling. WWE, man, holy crap, are they on... Like, I don't know if this was planned, but you know what's happening this month, right? Uh, the only thing I know about WWE is the fantastic women's Money in the Bank ladder match. No, oh, she... Done twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for a lot of thoughts on that, go to Pat on the Mat episode three, because we talk about that a bunch. But what WWE is doing... So, regardless of, of the outcome of that match, this last week... Uh, or like, well, two weeks ago now, by the time podcast came out, SmackDown, Raw, and NXT had women's matches headlining the show, which is like pretty nuts. Like cool. all all three shows across the board had women's matches headlining. Who's let the, me who let me it? say it. Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter. Yeah, I vaguely that seems right. Um, the other thing that WWE is doing is last summer they had the Cruiserweight Classic, which was the uh, the Invitational, right? Where they had yeah. a bunch of people who were not on WWE contracts come in and do like a wrestling tournament style. And then like Spanky! Yeah, and a bunch of people ended up with contracts and they ended up with the Cruiserweight division. Uh, but this summer, starting this month, I think it starts July 20th or something, they're having the May Young Women's Invitational Classic. Which May is, Young? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess I, I feel that she kind of has a bit of a better cred backstage than Moolah. <laughs> sort of. Well, longest reigning of all time. Is Moolah. Is Moolah? I yeah. thought it was May Young. No, it's Moolah. Huh. I guess. No, like 21 years. Yeah. Moolah. Yeah. Not a jerk, May Young. 
Like not a jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Is I think like Mula, uh, Mula had some backstage heat and real world heat that maybe they didn't want to name a thing after. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, they're doing they're having the May Young uh, Women's Wrestling Classic, which I was like is so smart because I was like women's wrestling is like now literally in the mainstream because everybody's watching Glow. Like I was like I was like was this planned? <laughs> you know, like was this was this a thing that they were like when they realized that they like cross reference it? I, I mean, I hope so. I'd like to think that sometimes people in the WWE are, I don't know, remotely paying attention to the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist. Like the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, at the same time, if that was the case, then how would that money in the bank <laughs> match happen? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If... If you haven't listened to the wrestling podcast where we talk about this for a whole what, whole long time, uh, they had the first ever Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which is the... Uh, you win what, a contract for that guarantees you for a title shot. Exactly. And then for some strange reason, they opted instead to have a dude climb up the ladder, unclip the briefcase, and hand it to a woman. Just, just... Grab that brass ring. Just because... Yeah, exactly. Pat, Pat LaPrade had, had so many, so many feelings about it. He was like, he's like the dumbest part. He's like, and then he's like, and then uh, Shane and Daniel Bryan insert themselves to like right the wrong of it, which is like, I, I get it. They're the, they're the authority figures. They're the, they're the general managers on that show. But he's like, so now you have the storyline, the only storyline that anybody cares about in the, regarding revolving on the women's and the money in the bank ladder match is the male authority figure punishing the male guy who did it. And he's like, the only, like the most compelling story is male driven around the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. So it's not just like a screw-up that they had the guy doing it for the woman. The storyline moving out of there is now guys punishing the guy for messing with the women, and you're like, are the you're just... Two men are arguing about what should have happened in the women's match. And you're like, so Seriously, why didn't Steph just come in and say, Shane, you have to redo it? Or, or so, Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's very dumb. Yeah. Or, or just, you could have thrown... Brie Bella on TV for five seconds. Like, she's Daniel Bryan's wife and been like, Daniel, like, are you going to, like, fix this? You know, like... Or, or Lita or Trish or any of the past champions come on and say that's unacceptable. Yeah. You have to, I'm like, turn the screws to the authority. Yeah. It's so weird. So weird. So dumb. Anyway, back to Glow, though. Uh, you should watch it, I guess. I I was surprised at how good it was because it's from the creators of Orange of the New Black, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not a big Orange is the New Black guy. I've like watched, like, but I feel like that's the good choice for that a creative team for a show like Glow. Yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get why it's them, <laughs> and I get why they would want to do it. I mean, like it's just sort of like you know, like like women from colorful backgrounds with like you know maybe not like traditional uh, like origin stories and all that stuff, kind of like doing something on the outside or whatever. I mean, obviously it's crime <laughs> in Orange is the New Black, but you know it's like a bunch of outsider women kind of coming together. And, and an ensemble piece. And an yeah. ensemble piece. Makes sense. It does a good ensemble piece work. Like, I mean, there's obviously the main characters, like, of Alison Brie and the blonde. <laughs> mm. She wasn't on Community, so I'm like, whatever. She wasn't on Community or Mad Men. I don't know who this actress is. <laughs> Not Britta. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't Britta. I kept calling her Britta. Uh, out of the main focus of it. Uh, but, like, there's 14 women that make the cut ultimately right. for the, the first roster of glow and like they all have like a, they all have their moments and they all have good screen time and it's all like it's not like anybody really gets like i, I was sitting there in bed the other day like i was like I, I could didn't know them all by name 
But I was like, I could visualize all 14 characters and like knew what they were about, which is kind of impressive in like 10 episodes to have 14 characters. And like, I could be like, oh yeah, that's the character who does this and this is their thing. That's the character. Like, obviously some get more exposure than others, but it's like, that's pretty impressive that you have like, you have a cast of 14 women and I can identify all of them. And you also have like the supporting cast of Mark Marin, who is the uh, director. And then Mm -hmm. uh, another dude who is the producer who are like the two dudes who are like around all the time yeah so it's like that's a big cast to be like juggling you know and then like one of the characters has her husband is kind of a major character so to, to for everybody to have screen time and it for it to, it to work kind of impressive yeah no uh i'm looking forward to it i just haven't had the um one of the best things i heard about uh glow from like behind the scenes style stuff is one of the uh the youngest cast member was like the last to get cast so she hit because everybody actually trained wrestling. There's no stunt people. Okay. There's no stunt women, which makes sense because the wrestling was kind of garbage and glow. So it's like you didn't need. They don't. To, they don't need to do a, a swanton or a hurricane rana. Or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's it. Like at, at one point they like they go to a, a wrestling show and uh, and someone does a someone does a moonsault and they're like, what? <laughs> like it like blows their <laughs> mind. You know, like. So yeah, exactly. That's it. Like they they need to make it look kind of like Glow, which was women who were not wrestlers wrestling, but like they still train. Like I said, travel train them and stuff. But it's yeah. like I think they wanted that kind of inexperienced look. If it looked too polished, if the girls suddenly get in the ring and put on like a, a five star match, you'd be like, wait, what? Like they're supposed to not know what they're doing. So I thought it was like kind of cool that they were just going to train them as wrestlers. And so uh, this girl, uh, the youngest girl on the cast, like I said, her wrestling name I think is Scab. Uh, sexy yeah um, she shows up like she was last to be cast so she showed up like a day or two late and then they were just sort of like so Chavo was like so I know you just got here uh, we're just gonna run through a little bit what we've all been working on and uh, calls up Awesome Kong into the, <laughs> into the ring and they just like they just like run they the put ropes put a match on <laughs> and basically like, like yeah, exactly they just like run the ropes and just do a whole thing and she was like apparently like almost like in tears being like I'm so far behind I'm not gonna know how to do anything like what are all the girls as good as this <laughs> just like freaking out that was like best amazing. rib in the world so here's uh, here's what we've been working on here's where we're all at just you know come on up here and we're just gonna like work on it and just like put on like basically a match and this poor girl's like no, <laughs> I'm so not ready for this. Like, I like to. You'll be push, here. I like You'll be here by Wednesday. Ups, you know? You'll be here by Wednesday, <laughs> or like, or else. <laughs> you know, so you'll, you'll be here by Wednesday, or you know, you're cut. Uh, like, I was like, that's got to be the worst. Like, can you imagine? You're just sort of like, okay, I'm gonna learn wrestling. And you're just like, you have no idea that like Chavo and Kong are <laughs> twenty years experience. Yeah, exactly. Championships across the world. Yeah, just all over the place. Hilarious. Uh, it's good times. Yeah. Anyway, I would, I would recommend it. Uh, I liked it more than Orange is the New Black. It's uh, it's funny. Marin actually endeared himself to me, which is I'm not uh, usually a Mark Marin. I'm not a huge fan of his comedy, and I'm not a, ton, a big fan of his acting a lot of the time. Okay. Uh, but he he just seems a little more self-aware. Like, this character, seems, it's a very Mark Marin character, yeah. but just seems a little more self-aware of how shitty he is. Like, and he's, like, instead of being unapologetic, like, he's, like, that guy who tries to be unapologetically shitty, but then deep feels down. Feels bad about it. Feels bad about it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I find the Marin characters are usually just unapologetically shitty and don't feel bad about it. Like, that's what I've just kind of. Yeah, they had a little nuance there. Yeah, exactly. It, and, it, and it's an important nuance to make because I generally don't like him and I, did, I liked him in the show. 
Uh, Alison Brie, you, yeah, it's a very good character art for her. Like, like you really do not like her for a lot of the show. Really? And, yeah. Even though she's trying to be a likable person, you just realize that she's kind of like insufferable. Like it's, 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 it's good. Like it's pretty good. Like you're like, Oh, like, trailers don't give that impression at all. Yeah. No, no, no. She, but like, it's, she's like one of those, like, she's good for, uh, like she's like a, like a good bubbly peppy person who just wants to make it and stuff like that. But then you realize like how shitty she can be and she wants to like overcome that shittiness. You know, like it, it's, it's, I don't want to spoil too much since you haven't watched it. No, no. I, I have every intention of watching it. I yeah. just, it's and, been on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. And then, uh, something else wrestling related because I mean, I guess we're at the 15 minute Mark now, and you haven't heard John yelling at us about talking about wrestling, because John's not here, so we can talk about wrestling all we want. <laughs> it's another wrestling podcast. John's fighting bees. <laughs> or something. Uh, did Wicker Man? Did the villagers choose him as a sacrifice? Yes, I think that's what happened. Bees! Uh, I watched um, the G- day one of the G1 special tournament uh, on Saturday. The G1 special tournament is the first time New Japan Pro Wrestling has uh, had an event under the NJPW banner on U.S. soil. They've had their stars kind of doing ROH cross-promotion stuff, but this is like, this is an NJPW event. It's a two-day tournament where there's like some matches which are part of the storyline, but then also a big mashup of matches of people trying to win the tournament, which is kind of neat because like they, then they pulled in a bunch of other people. So like, like uh, the Zach, um, Zach Sabre Jr. was like wrestling, even though he's not, ROH or NGPW. Yep. Uh, Jay Lethal. I don't know where Jay Lethal's at, but he was wrestling. ROH champion. He's the, oh, yeah. Current ROH champion. No. Yeah. Cody's the current ROH champion. Oh, well, then he just yeah, Cody he just, took it from Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, because Cody's the current champion. Because it was uh, – and, and, I mean, they kind of put it on him because um, Okada was like, it's my first – it's the first NJPW match on American soil. I want to, ch- I want to challenge the American champion. You know, like, well, Cody got in his face, oh. and Okada, like, accepted because he's, like, you're the American nightmare and whatever else like that. Like, because, I mean, like, you know, obviously Okada and Kenny are putting on six-star matches all over the place, but, like, he's Canadian. It's not American soil, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just, like, it was pretty good. The uh, um, the wrestling was very weird. The NJPW style of selling is, there's so much no-selling. Like, so much complete no-sells. But, like, because it's, like, happens in almost every match, you're just sort of like, oh, this is just how it is here. They're that tough. They're that tough. But they do a lot of, uh, I mean, like, I've seen some of it before. And, like, the fact that it happens multiple times where it's, like, people will, like, take hits to get hulked up but then, like, suddenly succumb to the damage. They'll be, like, again and, like, hit and they'll be, like, again and, like, like flexing and hulking up. And then, like, again. And then they'll be, like, doomp. And then they'll fall down. And you're, like, oh, he didn't. He didn't get the he didn't get the buff from the taking damage. He just all the damage just suddenly like emptied his health bar. <laughs> like it happened like a few times. You're like weird. This is a weird thing. But yeah, it was a huge card. Uh, Okada fought Cody for the end. Oh my gosh! And the best the best thing about that fight is that currently in NJPW, uh, Cody has joined the Bullet Club, and now. See, being as he's like also very charismatic and good on the mic and stuff is kind of sort of like stepping on Kenny's toes as the leader. Okay. And also, and is like rightfully so being like, you're the only thing that matters to about is like you and the young bucks. 
we're like a 20 person stable like the bullet club is massive you're like why is it always about you guys like what why aren't you representing the wills of the others and stuff you know like you're you're using the bullet club as like a giant meat shield to maintain yourselves as the elite and is kind of like calling into question some of that relationship and i was like oh my goodness they're gonna make wolf pack bullet club (laughs) it's like which is it's the next step like it has to be like bullet club is entirely ripped off from the nwo anyway bullet club red yeah i was like oh my gosh and they were putting that over too like in the last match um like uh i can't remember what her real name is eden was her wrestling name uh cody's wife yeah Cody's wife comes to the ring with him and all that stuff now, too. And it's like, in the middle of the ring, Okada's just, like, mauling Cody, as he kind of should. Like, it's, like, Cody Cody had his offense in and whatever. He didn't look like garbage, but it's, like, it's kind of the equivalent of, like, Hulk Hogan fighting a middle-of-the-pack guy. You know, that's, like, like, it was, like, Okada was winning going into it. You know, like, yeah. even though, like, Cody's mouth got him the match, but there was, like, barring... Like, an incredible swerve and, like, dick around from the Bullet Club. Cody wasn't winning. So, Kenny comes in with, like, with the towel and is like, I'm not going to do it, but if you love your husband, you should. Like, <laughs> like to, to, the, to the, like, to Cody's wife. And, you know, she's like, no, 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 like, Cody wouldn't want this. And, like, it just keeps going back and forth. And, like, and they're just really playing up the, like, no, we want to protect him. But at this meantime... Like, Kenny already has his match against Okada, I think, in August for the belt. So, like, he has his reason for wanting to, like, to make sure Okada still has the belt. Because he's, right. like, because the Okada, the, the championship is against, like, it's more of a grudge against Okada. Like, it's going to happen with or without the belt. So, Kenny wants to make sure the belt is still in the match. Like, right, right, right. So, he's, like, anyway, I just thought it was, like, it was fun. It was cool. I, uh, I, ho- I wish there was more New Japan wrestling that had guys uh english announcing so i could follow it a little more because they have a they totally have a a, what do you call it they have a a wwe network style thing where you pay 10 bucks a month and get all of new japan and i was like meh i could watch a bunch of new japan pro wrestling (laughs) like we should just send in audition tapes and yeah just (laughs) like riff track new japan well the problem the biggest problem is that we, we would need to have someone uh who can speak japanese just for the promos like i've watched some new japan stuff and it's like someone gets on the mic and you're like oh See, that's why I said riff tracks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could call it. We could call them out, the matches, and like figure out what's going on. But the pr- right, but we could riff track the promos and yeah, just be like, "This is not what they're saying," but we're just going to figure it out. Yeah, here's our best guess. Yeah. I hate the, the Bullet Club. Anyway, it was fun. I was uh, I was on point with that because I've only ever watched like I followed Bullet Club in New Japan mostly through like blogs and like clips. And I've watched like, oh, this match is super good. Like the I've seen both uh, both Omega uh, Okada matches, which are amazing. Like right. just they can exist in a void. Like they're basically wrestling. Like Meltzer rated one six stars, and then rated the next one six point two five stars. You know, like he Meltzer is breaking his own system that has like stood the test of thirty years of wrestling journalism yeah. for these guys' matches. You know, like you can watch that in a void and be like, oh yeah, this is. This, this is, is a great match. This is like the best wrestling match that could like that could happen, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I did that. That was fun. Cool. What else? What else is going on, Scott? I mean, we talked a lot about hockey up on the balcony. Yep. Uh, you know, know hockey you... off season is happening, and yep. it's crazy. Las Vegas has a hockey team now, and then yep. Montreal spent a bunch of money, and everyone else spent a bunch well, of the money. Biggest, the big deal, I think, is Carey Price resigned. That's yeah. that's good. 
Eight years, $84 million, and $70 million of it up front. Yeah. He just gets yeah. cash money. He's got the bank. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. That's crazy. Then, just imagine getting a check for $70 million. I don't, I don't know. Do you get a check? Yeah. You have that, but just gets transferred into your, like, into your account. It just happens. Oh. <laughs> like they give you a little piece of paper, and you're like, don't lose, don't lose that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like, here you go, Carrie. Uh, Mark. Mark, I lost the check. Can you write me a new one? No. no. <laughs> you lose the check, you forfeit the thing, but the contract is still That, that depends on how you do against the Bruins, <laughs> Gary. Uh, See how you do. Yeah, yeah, 70 million up front. Just, that's great. It's nice for a player to show loyalty like that. What do you mean? To a team. You know, just saying he wants to... Wait, what did Mark Bergevin say about loyalty? <laughs> Yeah, no, so the one thing is, I mean, I think locking up Kerry, <laughs> like, if you look at Kerry Price's contract, $10.5 million, uh for the the hit. Like, there is now multiple players who have $10 million contracts. Uh, I f- and it's just going to go up. The salary cap goes up every year. Like, him to take ten point five, I was, like, going into the offseason, I was sure it was going to be, a, like, 11 or higher. You know? Yeah, as more A1 players sign their... Their contract renewals. Yeah. That amount is going to look great. Well, I mean, Joe Thornton, for, admittedly only for one year, but he signed an $8 million contract, so. Right, and he's a 60 point player. Yeah, exactly. Versus Carey Price is like, on his, on the, he's, on a, he had a so so season this year and was a Vesna finalist. You know, like, when, Carey, he has, when he's on fire, he wins the Vesna in the heart. You know, like. Carey Price on your team means you make the playoffs. Yeah. And there's, there's only like five or six players in the league that mean that. Yeah, player X on your team equals playoffs. Yeah, yeah. If you have Carey Price in nets, you are you can healthy Carey Price playing say sixty games a year or whatever else like that will give you a winning enough record to be at the bare minimum the eighth place team in your in your conference. Yeah, like yeah. I like McDavid, Crosby, Kane. Yeah, it's kind of it. Lundqvist. But like Lund- like Lundqvist in the day, yeah. Like no, even then Lundqvist last year, the Rangers don't make the playoffs without Lundqvist. No, I know, but I'm saying, but like, but like, bankably, like Lundqvist is usually good for getting the Rangers into the playoffs. Yeah, with without a lot else of other other pieces on the team, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I think Kerry could have gone for more. I think it's good that he. I, I, I think he would have gone for more if the term was less. Eight years is a long contract for a goalie. Yeah. But I mean, it's not even that terrible though, because he ends it, he ends the contract at thirty eight, which is not like it's not an insane age for a goalie, right? Like you, you I, had uh, like Tom, uh, Thomas was playing good into like what thirty six, yeah. You know, like Marty was competitive until forty, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hasek also, like Hasek, yeah, yeah. like it's just like it's like it's, fine. It's, it's not quite the same as like it's, it's not quite the same as uh, looking at Radulov. Who wanted originally eight years, right? It's, it's and you're very, like, because forwards, forwards don't usually play into their late thirties, especially not forwards who have quit the league twice. Yeah, and are also also known for like kind of like high impact speed skating. Like he, you know, like he's like a puck possession guy. Like it's not like snipers. I feel could last a little longer. Like Hosa, like like his play style lends itself to lasting a little bit longer. Here's a fun thing I heard about Radulov. Um, why you might. Why you wanted to sign him last year? He's reliable. His life has changed. He's gotten married. He's settled down. Yeah. Spent a year in Montreal. He got divorced. Yeah. His wife has left him. Maybe, maybe you don't want to send him back. And, 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're going to party. You're going to ride your love my party time. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it. I don't. I don't think not signing Radulov is the worst. I think five years is a long ass time to yeah. that because that puts that puts him to what thirty seven, thirty eight. Also, I yeah, think. he's thirty one now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it puts him to thirty six. And like I said, forwards, hard skating puck possession forwards age a lot faster than goalies. <laughs> like, with the exception of Yarmir Yager. Yarmir Yager. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's... Who still hasn't signed it, eh? Still hasn't signed it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Florida oh, said goodness. they're not. Oh, my goodness. What what is what does Yager play? Is he left wing or right left wing? Left wing. Ah, oh, damn. I was like, you're right, because I... It's a, foot, images of Yager coming up the right side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I desperately, because with the Hab signed Hemsky, I was like, if I had Plekanex centering Hemsky and Jager. and Jager, and you're like, it's Team Check! <laughs> <laughs> it's the checking line. <laughs> but at the checking line. Yeah, I'd be like, I just, I, I, if he goes for like two or three or whatever, and if he signed with the Habs, and apparently it's, it's, he has, he likes Plex. He likes Plex, has said he wants to play with Plex. Plex likes Jagger, said he wants to play with Jagger. I would just be like, I don't even care if it only happened like a few times. Just to have like Yarmir Jagger score a goal in a Habs jersey and do his weird salute, and I'd be like, ah, Jagger. <laughs> well, I mean, it, He's a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, like 100%. Well, he's... Why not, why not have that picture of the Hall of Fame player wearing your jersey? And you know there's a precedent for that in Montreal, because there was a time where we signed Pete Rose, <laughs> just because you knew he was a Hall of Famer yeah. before he got banned for life from baseball. Yeah. But, you know, that was <laughs> it. It was just a publicity stunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, we signed, uh, we signed John Scott. <laughs> and then we turned it into a publicity stunt, but God. only after we said it wasn't a publicity stunt and he would never play in the game in Montreal. Oh man. Uh, John Scott is taking the classiest organization and uh instead of wearing tuxedos, you're wearing a t shirt with a tuxedo print on it. <laughs> uh just dirt move. Yeah. I hate that move. Yeah. Still mad about it. Either way, uh I would love to see Jagger. I mean I feel that he has some he has goals in him. Yeah, like no, a seven deal means he can score fifteen to twenty goals next year. Mm-hmm. A couple, mi- couple million dollars, and I just it would Fine. Be- like if you're gonna sign Tory Mitchell and Froji and yeah, yeah, oh god, just give that money to to Jagger. Just one year, just be like, here you go, here you go, Jagger. I feel like he's the kind of guy who takes all the pressure out of a locker room. Yeah, I mean, or or adds a bunch. Like there's the thing yeah, about no, all your, all no. your rookies are like. <laughs> like it's like like basically uh, on a list of three guys who you will get starstruck by it's like Gretzky, Lemieux and Jagger are like it and I mean, picture a player going up to him going you were my favorite player on the Capitals yeah <laughs> it's like, what huh <laughs> yeah exactly I would just I and he hasn't signed anywhere but I mean I feel that I, I really loved you when you were in the, on the Rangers Snick. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be entertaining offers. Like, there's no way. Like, it's not like his phone isn't ringing. Someone's giving him. It's it's a question of yeah, money. No. It's, it's a, not even a question of money. He wants to live on a beach. Mm. Look, I guarantee it's going to be Tampa or Cali. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. Ex- or he's not going to Minnesota. No, 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 no. He's yeah. not going to Edmonton. <laughs> no, that's true. 
I feel the only the only team with snow that could make a play would New be York. would be Mont- no would be Montreal and just so we could play with Plex because they've yeah. they've said they like playing each other. That's probably the only team in Canada that could make a play. I, maybe the Rangers if they really wanted them because New York's a, a New city, York city to be yeah, a millionaire yeah. and that's not a bad city. To live yeah, in. exactly. But yeah, no. For the most part, it's like he's like, is LA calling yet? <laughs> like, yeah. What, what's going on with San Jose? They like old guys. <laughs> They just got rid of one of their old guys. He's in Toronto now. Room for Yaromir. Yeah, because it's been a crazy off season. I'm like, I'm also kind of happy that they're they're like extending it. Like everything happened on the first last year. Yeah. This year it's like, oh, 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 like things are happening. I was like, yeah. if they can just get us through, and then it's going to be RFA arbitration soon, and then October will be here and it'll be hockey again. <laughs> uh. It's interesting. It's 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 interesting to still have stuff in the news to read that that is pertinent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. Like I like I I enjoy free agency. I was saying uh, talking to Sarah the other day. I was like I really enjoyed last year. Um, I was like we were on our maritime road trip uh, between Saint John Canada Day and stuff, and we were driving. And I like literally it was the first, and I told Sarah I was like. Like, once the deals, like, I, I drove in the morning, and then once the deals started coming in, I was like, you're going to drive for the afternoon. I'm just going to be on my phone, freaking out about hockey. <laughs> like, you know, and that was, like, and it was a big, that was a big year. I think the Subban trade, it had the Stamco signing, which was, like, had Radulov signing. There was, like, a yeah. lot going on. Lucic was, where is he going to go? Like, and I was just, like, it was just. And super- that Lucic deal just looks worse and worse. Eh? Oh, yeah. No, it was terrible. It was awful. Awful. Six more years on that contract. It's the dumbest thing. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. Because Chiarelli loves him. I guess. I mean, there's something to be said about you know. It's not working. <laughs> Chiarelli, he built a Stanley Cup team, and then he ruined that team. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was like, this team is going to win the Stanley Cup and not compete mm-hmm. in a couple years. Traded Kessel. Traded Sege. Traded Hamilton. Traded Dougie Hamilton. The, you know, the Bruins just traded the last piece of the uh, the Sagan trade. They have nothing left from Tyler Sagan. <laughs> That's so infuriating. Well, I mean, it's not infuriating because, like, screw the Bruins. But, like, it's just... It's uh, infuriating because it didn't benefit us. Yeah. It's well, infuriating because Dallas was able to, like, trade them a bunch of garbage. And, get Sagan. And get Sagan. Well, it was like, it did, in a way, it did benefit us. And then... We, only, we don't need to play against Sagan. <laughs> like, and then Chiarelli gets to Edmonton and trades Hall. So the Taylor versus Tyler debate... Chirelli says, no thanks. <laughs> I would like to deal with none of them. <laughs> Who's better, Taylor or Tyler? Nobody. <laughs> Where's that Yakubov kid not playing NHL? Damn it. <laughs> Do we still have Petrie? No. We got rid of him before he showed up. Why? Yeah. We need defensemen. I don't know, man. We're Edmonton. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't fit in around here. We're not, we're not fully aware how to manage a team. Uh Good times. Fail into your in first place. The Pittsburgh way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Edmonton's doing it. Like, first time in the playoffs in, like, a decade or whatever the heck it was. In the second round. And, and I mean, and that's fine. Like, they're, it's a young team to be screwed up. Like, like to make it in the second round and just kind yep. of go. I'll take it. I mean, I like Edmonton. Who doesn't? They're They're a fun team. What else? You said you watched movies, Scott. Do we want to talk about movies? I yeah. Yeah, uh, I watched two yes. movies that came out this year. Ooh, and twenty seventeen movies. Yeah, to watch. Uh, watch I watched on your Xbox. 
No. This is a DVD player. you got to buy a DVD. Special remote for the Xbox? Yeah. Yeah, good times. I mean, I could do that if I wanted to. <laughs> but to transfer them onto the Xbox, it's not Wi-Fi enabled. So I actually have to get some Cat5 cable, <laughs> network cable, plug it in, yeah. run it across the, the yeah. living room. Yeah, do it. Done. I, I've got super bad on my Xbox. <laughs> it's, just, it's a great movie. I'm like, why, why not just have it there just in case? It's the only movie that I own because it came uh, when I bought my PSP. Uh, it, it had like a bundle. It was the God of War bundle. So it came with God of War, which is the reason I bought it. I was like, I, I want a PSP. I love God of War. This is the bundle for me. And then I open up the box, and like unbeknownst to me, I'm sure it probably said somewhere on the box, there's another UMD, which is the proprietary, like the little mini CD in a plastic case that loads into the back of a PSP. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. You could also mostly, they had a lot of digital games and stuff also on for the memory card, but it did have a little CD thing that you could put to the back. So I'd like open up the box, and what the hell is this? It's a UMD, this is what they call it. Uh, like Universal mini, mini disc, disc or something of Superbad. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, cool!" And I was like, "And sure enough, there was like one time where I was on a plane. I was like playing some games. I got kind of sick or tired of playing the games. I went through my little like folder of movies or of games, and I was like, oh shit, Superbad! I'm gonna watch Superbad on my PSP <laughs> and like, Doop, and just put it in. I'm like, yeah, that movie is great. First of all, we should watch that and put it on the list. That is like yeah, every no, every single time I watch Superbad, I'm like. I'm always kind of like partially convinced that like some of the charm or whatever has like worn off and it was just like it was just good for being like one of the first like really kind of like like a return to like crass comedy cuz there's there's some some vile parts in it that's super Yeah crass. no but but you know what I mean though like I'm saying like a return to like that kind of like like oh like like raw uncensored teen comedy like a yeah. like, la revenge of the nerds style thing it was like sort of a Revenge of the Nerds for the 2000s sort of thing mm-hmm. it was like was super bad. So and I was like, I was super psyched when I saw. I saw it in theaters twice, man. Wow. Because like, I saw it uh, just like randomly, and then was like, just so people were like, it kind of looks crap. And I was like, I will pay for you to go on a cheap Tuesday. And I took, I took people, I took like, two or three people to be like, I'm like, you guys are idiots. This is the funniest movie that's been like out in a long time, and like had a twenty dollar bill. So I guess it brought three people. To go see Superbad again on Tuesday. It, it turned one actor into his character name. Like, forever. Mm. McLovin. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, guy, yeah. that guy has a real name. And you have to think about it if you want to pull that out. Something. Is it Mince Plass? Yeah. Yeah. Something Mince Plass. McLovin. But you know. McLovin. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. His no. real name is not your go-to to describe that guy in another movie. Yeah, it's McLovin. You're just like, oh, did you did you see fucking uh, Kick-Ass? You know, McLovin's in it. Yeah, McLovin plays Red Mist. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, yeah, we, we should watch To-Do List. We should watch Superbad, Superbad again. So funny. Uh, but to digress, I watched two movies. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Power Rangers 2017. Um, how was that? Were you a Power Rangers guy? You were a little too old for Power Rangers. I was you? a little too old for Power Rangers. I was like, I was a little too old for Power Rangers, and you're a little older than me. I was a little too old for Power Rangers as a kid. Okay. I was right at the right age for Power Rangers as a stoner. Mm, okay. So it did kind of fall back into that. Like, Teletubbies is not that cool to watch that high, but Power Rangers is. Well, no, you need to just stay here. I'll give you the trick to Teletubbies. You need to be a lot higher. 
like on a lot more things. <laughs> Pot is not where Teletubbies gets good. Okay, you need to like uh, you need saying. to start throwing other drugs into the mix, and then Teletubbies uh, gets real good. A, a good bong full of weed and maybe some magic mushrooms and Power Rangers is is great. That sounds like it could work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Power Rangers. Wow. I so this is so just I mean to, I guess like a little bit of extra framing. Power Rangers has never stopped being on TV, as far as I know, right? No, I, like, I don't think you can watch all of Power Rangers. They're on, like, their 12th series or something, like, and each series has run four or five years, yeah. or what, whatever the hell it is. Uh, but this is, the movie is the reboot to the original one that you might remember as a child, where it's Mighty like Morphin Power Mighty Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They're not in space. They don't have ninja powers. They're not related to whatever, like, all the other versions of Power Rangers that have happened. This is, like, the core... Uh, sort of. They also have dinosaurs. Well, no, but they always had that in the. They had that in the original too. Not early on. Later, later they did. Yeah, no, they got towards the, in like by season right. one, man. Like, so I'm just, just saying, like by season one, they have giant robots. Like it wasn't just kung fu. It's very early. Uh, they have giant robots, yes, but not dinosaurs. <laughs> no, they're always based on dinosaurs. It's always like the red is a T Rex, the black is a woolly mammoth. The they're always based on dinosaurs, and their giant robots are based around dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to start comparing this with a movie I talked about before. The, the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Right. And that is the formula they followed. They're just like... The television show was fun. Yep. The movie should be fun, too. Yes. Yeah. It's not stray too far away from what Power Rangers are. Right. And I'm looking at you, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. Yeah. You guys went way off the rails with what yeah. you were trying to do. So... It's about five kids who get alien power stones, become a team to fight Rita Repulsa. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks. It was Elizabeth Banks. Which is like, that alone made me want to watch it. I was like, I'm on board. I was like. Um, they darken it a little bit in that Rita Repulsa does kill a few people. Yeah. With her bare hands on screen. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, because I mean, but they got to know who the audience is, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's. Late twenties, early thirties, who were just kind of like, yeah, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Um, I liked it. It was so kung fu. Breakfast good. Breakfast Club meets Power Rangers. They, they had five kids who were met in detention, yep. and then they kind of ran off together and came across these alien artifacts. How is the kung fu or the wire fu? I suppose it was very wire fu. Yeah, I mean, it could be good or bad. It was okay. Didn't yeah. need to be good. Yeah, no, it doesn't need to be good. Because to... they're they're always fighting CG. Oh, that's kind of a, that's like the a bugger the bugger. monster, the rock monsters they're fighting. They're always fighting CG. That's a bummer. Because I was like, that was one of my favorite things about the original series when they were fighting the putties that they were just dudes and you're like, and it was so great because I guess maybe they had like four or five suits, but they just like keep running at them. You're like, maybe they're fighting a hundred, <laughs> maybe they're not. And just ha, ah! they go spinning and then more of them run. Like, yep. uh, it was exactly what it should be. There are scenes like when they get into their dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Where the camera just scrolls around from that weird Transformers 3D effect of, of giant CG robots running. Yeah. And it scrolls around to the side. So it's a straight on side view of the monsters running. Well, yeah, because that's how it was in the screen. show. Because that's how it was in the show. Yeah. And if you didn't notice, you, it wouldn't take it away, but it was like perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like you, you watch the show and you got it. <laughs> Uh, they have a giant robot fight with a giant monster that Rita Repulsa summons. They, uh, 
have to keep their secrets, yeah. and they have some team dysfunction. It was just you know how it delightful. Did. Not well. Yeah, because I, I don't remember it being like. I think people the, the trailer maybe on YouTube got some good money. <laughs> it got up there, but I don't think the movie did really well. Um, Acting wise, how's Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa? Is it good? She's hysterical. Yeah. She's, she plays it so straight. It's amazing. Which is, yeah, like, which is kind of what I hoped. <laughs> like, yeah. She she doesn't, like... She's not too hammy or whatever. She's not too hammy, but she is hammy. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's like... That, not, that... not to spoil it at the end, but uh, she threatens to kill everyone they love, and they smack her really hard with a giant robot. And you're like, well, that seems appropriate. Like, you know, you, you are ninjas and teenagers. Yeah. And she flies into orbit and freezes, and then it pans so you can see that she's headed straight for the moon. I'm like, oh. That's how she gets to the moon. That's, that's just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, most of Rita Repulsa's stuff in the OG series is just her looking through a telescope, summoning things from the moon at yeah. Earth. Like, you're like, never really established why she was there. Uh, one of the things they did with the team was make it incredibly diverse, which was strange and interesting that well, they would do it. No, I don't think it's that crazy, right? I mean, well, like, I, I'm for it. I'm just saying, like, just, just, just the original series still had an African and an Asian American on it, right? And then yeah. I, I, like when it, when it was absolutely okay to have a team of five white people, like that could have been in the mid '90s, it would have been fine. And they still they put two girls, they put an Asian American girl, and they put an African American guy. Of of the five, only two of them are white. Yeah, uh, red and pink. Yeah. Uh, Yellow Ranger is uh, Latina. Mm-hmm. The Blue Ranger, which was a white guy on the on the show, yep. is a black kid mm-hmm. who expressly states that he's autistic on screen. Oh, that's cool. He's like, I I am on the spectrum. I have a problem with understanding lots of the things that you are saying. Oh, yeah. And uh, Black Ranger is an Asian guy. Hmm. And they just kind of, and the Yellow Ranger is also identifies later on, spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, as a lesbian. Okay. And I'm just like, that's, like, it's so weird. You're just making, like, this weird bubblegum movie, and you're just like, oh, by the way, we have all these weird, diverse backgrounds that are important to the characters. Yeah, that's super cool. And then right? moves on. And I was like, that's how you do it. Yeah. It doesn't just, become about that. It's exactly. Just, it's they, just like, they yeah. are, they're that. They say this is part of their background, and it explains part of, like, who they are explains their actions. But it's not, oh my god, like, I can't believe you're able to do this because you're autistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, so there's brave no hand Like, it's stuff. none of that. He's just, he's, he's like, a little my, weird my, and he has a little bit of, of like, problems understanding. Yeah, my, my picking up on social cues is a little yeah. uh, iffy, but I'm still a Power Ranger, so here we go. Yeah, it's great. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm excited. You're, you're talking about Transformers uh, made me realize something. I have not watched Transformers The Last Night or whatever the heck it is. Oh, God. Um, Check that out of that series so soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do – it's now – it's my favorite Transformers movie now, or uh, the Michael Bay ones, because they said that it's the last one. <laughs> no, and that if they make another Transformers movies, it's going to be uh, like a, a relaunch. And I was like – <laughs> like, I was like, also, spoilers, this is huge, huge, I guess, spoilers if you give a shit about the Transformers tr- series, which I don't. Everything that series did made me mad. Do you want to know what will make you mad in a whole new way? Uh, sure, why Are not? You ready? Like, you know what the big reveal is in the in the, the last night? Shia LaBeouf becomes Optimus Prime. No. I mean, Planet Earth 
was Unicron all along. Okay. Like, it doesn't even make me that mad. No, but here's why it makes me mad. (laughs) As I was like, we know things about Earth. Like, we know things about how it works and the core and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was just sort of like, what a leap. (laughs) I'm like, what a leap of stupidity. Oh yeah, I guess what the planet that like we've been studying forever mm, is a giant robot. Also, oh my god, that show is that series is so stupid. But anyway, but yeah, but I'm kind of psyched that apparently Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, racist robots. I, I just I can't. Shia LaBeouf's not even in it and hasn't been in it for years. Like he stopped post three. They made like three without him. He's been replaced by Mark Wahlberg. That's not even. It's barely better. <sighs> yeah. Anyhow, but for real. Uh, I'm very, I'm, like, hopefully, man, like, so they made a gazillion dollars with Transformers. I hope they take a few years off and then be like, we're going to make another Transformer movie that just ignores everything. And I hope they can, like, Star Trek it, maybe, or something, and just be like, here, it's good again. Just call it The Transformers, you know, like they did with Spider-Man. Yeah, or whatever. The Amazing Spider-Man. We did three movies before. We don't care. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Of course, then they made two like so so to awful Spider-Man movies. They so. were awful. I don't think. I don't think the Garfield ones were awful. I the think second were, one was awful. I didn't see the second one. I mean, <laughs> but I, I I would take Green Goblin awful, Electro awful, I would Rhino take, awful. I would take the first Spider-Man movie over any Transformer movie. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and it was so so. Like, just they could get it right this time. Maybe I hope. Man, I would take that awful Spider-Man movie, Garfield one, the second one, Jamie Foxx's Electro over any of the Transformers movies. Yeah. It's a bad movie. You know, but that's that's what I'm saying, is that, like, they, some, they could get it right. I just, it's so easy. It's such an easy, it's such an easy freaking, it's so easy to get right, man. All they need to do is have the Transformers beat characters instead of just messes of CG. I was talking right. about this. And, oh, man, just not make them gross. And weird, and just like, like, it was when, when, was it Optimus or Bumblebee? peed all over the federal agent in the first one. Yeah, it's uh, Bumblebee. Yeah. Done. Checked yeah. out. Like, oh, a piss joke yep. with the giant robot. Devastator has the two wrecking balls as his balls in the second one. Like, he has balls <sighs> dangling between his legs. Why? 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 <laughs> Those movies were not made for us. That's it. They were just not made for us. And on top of that, too, like, like, apparently, I haven't seen them all. Uh, Andrew's seen three of them. Uh, and he uh, he says that He's like, the best fight scene in the entire movie, like, or at least in the first three, is in the middle of the second movie when Optimus, like, throws down against Starscream and Megatron. And it's like, it's, it, he's like, it's right in the middle. It's not the climactic fight or anything. And he's like, that's just, like, a testament to how, like, terrible the filmmakers are. Is that, like, that is their best fight and, like, it pro- probably wasn't on purpose. You know, and then if when you're like Optimus Prime goes one one v two with Megatron and Starscream, as a Transformers fan, you're like, oh, that's finally. You're like that. It's gonna be on, and then the movie like sets it up and delivers on that one thing in the middle of the movie, and it's almost like a throwaway fight. And you're like, oh, you could have built that better. Like, who's booking this? WWE? You know, you're just like, you're like, you blew, right? you blew like your best fight that could have been like. Savage, Savage versus Steamboat in the middle of WrestleMania three. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is this happening? And then the last fight makes no sense. Like it's just it's so dumb. And he's like, I was like, he's like, I bet you it still holds up. Like not holds up, but he's like, I bet you that they like movies four, five, and six or whatever have not gotten better than that fight because he's like three certainly didn't. The climactic fight of two certainly doesn't. He's like, it's a good Ugh. fight. He's like one of the and one of the key things that I realized about it 
is that that fight, um, it, on, most of the Transformers sequences that happened, at least in the two movies that I saw, and apparently continues on in the series, is like those big climactic sequences have a zillion things going on during them. They try to do like the Star Wars thing where you're like, yeah. there's a battle here, there's a battle here, and there's a battle there, and it's all coming together. So you have like the robots smashing around in the city, you have the humans doing a thing, you have the army fighting a thing, and whatever else like that. That fight was just like, Optimus is going to fight Megatron and Starscream, and we're going to point a camera at it. Let and, like, it there's nothing else going on to cut away to and like cross like just fucking bananas amount of stuff going on. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, just, I was like, that's how easy it is to make a Transformers movie. That could have been the end of the movie. And then Optimus dies in that fight. You could have ended the two with just him dying. You'd be like, what? Empire that shit. Oh man. You know? And I was like, that's how easy it is. I was like, you almost did it by accident in the second one. Like you did a cool fight and it was, you didn't have humans running around. You just had robots fighting. And it was fine. Anyway, Screw Transformers, but maybe they can get it right now. As Michael Bay said, he is, his opus is complete. How did he sp- – oh, man. He spent five years on that. Why didn't he make go, go make Con Air 2? It's not five like, years? No, he spent like 10 years, 12 years. 10 years. Yeah, five like, movies. The number two came out when Sarah and I just started dating, so it was nine years ago. God so, damn. So, yeah, one, it's, he spent a decade making these Transformers movies. Seriously. Nick Cage is busy. Go make Con Air 2. My favorite Transformers – joke ever was in 30 rock when uh because they do they did a whole a whole writer strike like their their post writer strike season was all about a writer strike and uh and alec baldwin just sort of like lemon we don't need writers like reality tv has like the best ratings like like and she's like no no like writers are important he's like no like he's like characters and like memeable moments are like important and stuff and just like keep going on and on and then like uh, Tina Fey has like a nightmare and she's like running and then she's just like running through New York and she just like runs into like a billboard and just says like Transformers 4 written by nobody <laughs> she's like no <laughs> and then just runs away <laughs> Like basically, like basically, you go see these movies and you're like, "Who wrote this?" And you're like, "Prescient." No, nobody. Uh, what else did you see? Kong Skull Island with Jack Black and Samuel no. Jackson. Jack Black is not in this one. Samuel Jack Jackson is. is. Jack Sam Black Jackson. is in the other one. Yeah, yeah. Jack Black was in the first Kong, the prequel to Skull Island. The the guy who did all the the Lord of the Rings movies made that. Yeah. No, this is Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Goodman. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. This movie kicked so much ass. Did you see the um, uh, Walter White actor? Brian Cranston. Brian Godzilla? Cranston Godzilla? I did not. Okay. That movie is it's kind of a slog. Okay. It's slow. But I mean, yeah. but to be uh, fair to that movie, so are Godzilla's, man. Like... Godzilla movies are a lot of, like, scientists and stuff doing stuff for a lot of the time, and then him smashing through at the end. That doesn't make them great, though. No. I, I never I never got in... Of the of the cult movies, like, Kaiju, I say, would be on the bottom. Like, as a, as a kid who just, like, rented VHS mm. tapes, like, I'd be like... It'd be like... Horror would be, like, tops. Like, 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 movies that I will watch even though they're bad. I will watch bad horror, then I will watch... Bad sci-fi. Then I will watch bad action, like Grindhouse-style action stuff. Then I will watch bad kung fu. Then I will watch bad kaiju. Okay. Like, that's, I think, like, on the big cult spectrum. I kind of like kaiju stuff a little bit more than that. Mm. Um, 
there's no reason that people should not have watched Kong Skull Island. This movie made over half a billion dollars mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah. And like 30 million or 40 million North America. No one here saw it. That's crazy. And it's nuts. Because, one, it's got a superstar cast. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you just ran through it. Hiddleston, Goodman, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Um, the movie is set right at the end of the Vietnam War. Right. So the the military escort for the scientists to go to them is just uh, a colonel, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. who's like, man, we could have won that war. We are getting we're, – we're not losing. We're being – Withdrawn. Withdrawn. Yeah. And this sucks. And he gets the phone call. They're like, hey, is your group ready for one more mission? It's a science mission. They need a military escort. And he's like, yes. We're going to Skull Island. They're going to Skull Island. And they go there, and it's like freaking Apocalypse Now. They've got the speakers playing. The soundtrack is all kick-ass. It's Rolling <laughs> Stones and CCR. And this fucking 50-foot gorilla shows up and just smashes the hell out of them. <laughs> and Sam Jackson is watching as the reflection in his sunglasses, his aviator sunglasses, his helicopter is exploding and people flying across the sky. And the music slows down, and it goes into that slow motion. And he's like, I'm going to kill that monkey. It's so (laughs) good. (laughs) Everything about it is amazing. That's amazing. And it it delivers from start to finish. Giant attacks. As the monkey kills a bunch of of GIs. And then there's a twist when you find out what his motivations are. Monkey has motivations? Yep. And then they try to escape. He just wants a, a, a lover. It's so good. Uh, there's, there's like these little moments for each character that just explains who they are completely mm. without holding your hand. Well, I'm kill this monkey. Is everything I need to know even, about Sam Jackson? Even before that, though, like they show him, like talking to his 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 soldiers, just like we've just received the order, we're gonna go home, and they're all like, "Yeah, this is great," and they're all doing their like little thing. Um, talking about what to do to go home. And he goes to his office and he's just looks at his box of medals and he shakes his head. And you're like, oh, he doesn't want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. He's and you're like, like, good. You don't have to hold your hand. He doesn't have to say it. Mm. You just, you know it. That's cool. John Goodman is the, the, the head scientist saying like, something is weird on that island and I think we need to go. He's a big old monkey. <laughs> and the, the government officials are giving him flack saying like, you're... You lead a group of crazy people, and I'm not giving you any more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, well, we have these images train, of the island. People, no, no, we have these images of the island, and Russian satellite telemetry will pass over the island in two weeks. So if you don't send us now, the Russians will go to that island, and they will find out something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're War, just like, Cold I War's get it. Stuff, yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Right at the end of the Vietnam War, right? Yeah. This is perfect. And the effects and the action are balls to the wall. It's the opposite of that Cranston Godzilla. There's no slow burn. Yeah. You're just like, great. That's, There's a weird comedic twist. And I don't want to spoil that because that's it's like not in the credits. Kevin Spacey in Seven kind of moment. Okay. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And that's a little funny and wacky. And then that comedic character is just like, no, but seriously, this fucking giant monkey. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. 
he did kill a bunch of people. Like, <laughs> you should listen to him. Yeah, uh, I love this movie. I love this movie way more than I should have. I feel like it came out of nowhere. I'll have to check it out at some point. It was really good. You want to rank these movies, Scott? Yeah. Do you have the list up? No. Yeah, you do. You got the list ready. So ready. It's amazing. Kevin Durant signed somewhere. What is it not Golden State? Kevin Durant agreed to resign Golden State. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, that was almost really big news. I know. I just saw it. And then I was like, Kevin Durant. And I was like, whoa. Like, you know it's big news when my phone gives me notifications about the NBA. They had 16-1 and one in the playoffs, man, to win that championship. That's crazy. That is bananas. All right. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Where is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Enter the Shadows? Teenage Mutant Ninja Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's below that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Out of the Shadows. There we go. Got it. What's above it? Above it is The Art of the Steel. It lied to you. Yeah. That's, that's Keep point. going. Above it higher. is Mordecai. Hmm. What's above Mordecai? Paranormal activities, the ghost dimension. So it's just above Mordecai. That's a perfect place for it to go. The Power Rangers. Yeah. Because it was better than Ninja Turtles. And, better uh, than Mordecai? I'm going to say yes for weird... Well, Rito- it seems to me that like Rita Repulsa and Giant Up and Mordecai are like kind of similar. And you're like, just good. You, you did it. I feel like Delivered on Promise is more, is where yeah. Power Rangers succeeds. Mm. Mordecai could have been better. Power Rangers, I don't think it could have been better. <laughs> like, it's still Power but Rangers. It, but and... it was the Power Rangers. It did what it said it was going to do. Kong, I'm guessing, goes way higher. Yeah. Uh, You're... It's not going higher than Force Awakens. So, yeah, I was going to say, so Force Awakens. Right below Force Awakens is Top Gun. It's not going above Top Gun. It's so, oddly comparable. So is it in between Star Wars and Top Gun? Oh, it's not going above Top Gun. It's not going above Top Gun. Top Gun is definitely um, Ghostbusters 2016? Yeah, it's definitely above that. So in between Ghostbusters and Top Gun. That was easy. Nice. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's significantly better than Ghostbusters. It's a bit of a drop-off there, I'd say. Top Gun to Ghostbusters? Yeah, Kong Skull Island is... Uh, Way closer to Top Gun than it is to Ghostbusters. Well, there'll be some wiggle room. As we add more movies. And if you want movies to be added to this list, I should totally tweet at us. Do that, or just tell Scott in the streets. Or on our Facebook page. I mean, the streets, though. I mean, yeah, you can come up to me on the streets. That's what I just want. Like, whisper very slowly, or pass me a note. That's way better. Yeah, oh my goodness. Just don't talk to me and hand me a note as you walk by. It just says, watch this movie. Yeah. Do it. That's what I want. <laughs> this is now the uh, the number one way to submit li- movies to the list. I mean, it's the guaranteed way to submit movies to the list. This guy came up to me and he gave me this piece of paper and how I need to watch it. Uh, come tune in next week. Next week, uh, we just wanted to. We're gonna John. I guess we'll have seen some Fantasia movies. So who knows? He might not even be around for Go Plug Yourself. If he's <laughs> not Go Plug Yourself for ninety years, if he's all the way into Fantasia mode. Uh, anything else coming up on the site? That is. Uh, I've got some comic book reviews. I'm going to pop up. Uh, Alterna Press is releasing a bunch of like newsprint comics that I've been enjoying. That's cool. Yeah. Are you going to do any more superhero battles? 
Superhero battles? Cartoon? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jay just sent me a huge one. So uh, I'm going to edit that up. So a month or two. No, it's it's ready to go. <laughs> just gonna just just start copy pasting whatever Jay sends. That's the bad idea for the language. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I know what's wrong with it. I feel like anthropologists would be very mad at me for See, you guys decades. should maybe maybe consider just make a video or something because Jay's a good talker. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if somehow maybe next round. Let's figure it out. Like once we get out of the the superhero action hero I could do it stuff. we should do it this is a great podcasting uh, we could do it um, <laughs> if you guys both have like webcams and whatever and mics you could get uh, like a little program that just does like picture in picture and literally just has you guys webcam into each other talking about it you can make little webisodes the possibilities are endless yeah I think it would be good and as long as you had like written I, I don't want to have webcam Jay though because in the comfort of his own home there's never any pants right he just <laughs> He just might Ron Hextall this interview. Even <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll just put it on Vimeo. It's okay. It's not going to be a YouTube show. It's going to be on Vimeo. That's, that's how we're going to do it. Uh, this has been the 9 to 5 Entertainment. Thanks so much for listening. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday, a new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.